we've got this idea for a video game, and it's going to be uh, Blues Brothers 2000, the game. Wow. So you're a big fan of the movie? Huh? No. Oh, but you've, you've seen Blues Brothers 2000? Fuck no. But you've seen the original Blues Brothers? I'm sorry. What? Two of them? No. You are aware that this franchise exists? No, we haven't made the game yet. You think the Blues Brothers is an original idea of yours? Yeah, I came up with this idea. This is Blues Brothers 2000. We're going to release it in the year 2000. You're hired. Thank you. We boogie through licensed Nintendo 64 platformer Blues Brothers 2000 this week on How Did This Get Played? There was no edit there. He just immediately spoke like that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, alongside Heather Ann Campbell. Hey, I'm Heather Ann Campbell, and I'm beside Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Ah, oh, there it is. <laughs> I love it. Hello, everyone. Once you figure out it doesn't have to be funny or interesting, you could just say something. <laughs> it's so easy. It's a perfect catchphrase. It's memorable. <laughs> it's distinct. People, specific to you. Yeah, people think they've heard it before. Like, it's pretty good. Are we supposed to be trying to come up with catchphrases? Is that like a thing we should be doing? Just Matt. Okay. I told him. I told him. I told him two weeks ago he has uh, a month to come up with a catchphrase that sticks, or else he's fired. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I got it on day twenty nine. <laughs> uh, so uh, we we have a we have a game to discuss this week, uh, as we always do. But before we do that, it is Pokemon Sword and Shield Eve. Yes, Matt. I know you're a big Pokemon fan, and I figured we would dig into this a little bit. We haven't played it yet. It'll have been out by the time this episode releases since we're recording a little bit in advance, but we can perhaps uh, talk about our, our excitement, anticipation for this title as we spend 70 seconds in gaming heaven before we descend into gaming hell. Okay, great. I'm going to hit the timer. Go. I'm going to start the timer now. And you start talking. Wow. Okay, so I just am so excited about... Wow, I can't, well, first of all, I can't believe I'm talking in the 70 seconds. <laughs> and I'm excited about the game. I saw a lot of, I was following a lot of the drama, the sort of the Dexit, and then yeah. the removal of moves and stuff. And that's never what the game was about to me. It was always about taking pretty much the same journey over and over again. Just right. like, you know, you go to eight different towns, you have gym leaders, you fight in these towns, you have a rival, you have, you you know, uh, find a new Pokemon along the way and you catch them up. And that was always what I love about the game, which is the game. And I, I, I'm just very excited. I can't wait to play it tonight at midnight. Matt is crying. I, <laughs> I feel, I do feel close to it uh, because I, 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 I'm, you know, hashtag Sobble Squad for life. I'm, a, I'm gonna pick Sobble. That's, yeah. that's my, that's my guy for this one. Uh, the other ones look good too. I'm excited to see what the story is. I never found the stories to be that meaty. Uh-huh. Like I never was like, wow, that one had a really good story. It's more just like you're a kid and you're going on an adventure. And I just, I love the adventure. I can't wait to hear the tunes. I can't wait to. I'm gonna make some fucking. Cur- in this game. I know I hate crafting, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Two, one. Right. Wow. Wow. You know, for somebody who loves Pokemon as much as you do, um, I'm surprised that I haven't seen you on Pokemon Go for weeks and well, weeks. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Weeks and weeks. I love Pokemon. I don't like outside. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was quite a rant you had. That was yeah. like a, if Stephen A. Smith was into video games. Man, oh, what a dream. <laughs> what a comparison. Uh, yeah. Everyone's horny for score bunny. Have you seen this? I've seen, well... Yeah. Horny, horny for score bunny. Horny as, for score bunny. As far yes. as like the you know the rule thirty four the 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 porn that's been created with the new starter Pokemon Go, score bunny is by far outpacing the rest of the field. Okay. Yeah. Hey, what was your favorite Pokemon before this? My favorite, I think, is Gold. I had such a fond, I had a fondness for Gold mm. because it included both. Like the original game and this new game. So once you finish the gold version, you get to go back to the Johto area and do right. that whole circuit again. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. But I also I had a really soft spot for Ruby. I like mm. did I had like uh I would hack the game like with an action replay, like with my brothers and stuff. Oh boy. And we would do like on like family like road trips and trips and stuff, try to see who could finish the game the fastest with using like you know like having everything to your disposal right. like uh, unlimited master balls, unlimited rare candies. You can just blast this game. I think my fastest run through for Ruby was like three hours. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yes. Pretty wow. good. Yeah. I think I think my favorite was black and white. Was the one in Paris? That was the one I missed. I never got to. I never uh, played black and white. I've been mm. thinking about getting it just to experience it because I never. But you know, I got this new one coming out. What am I going to do? Have, Everything sucks. Have they announced the entire decks for the new one for Sword and Shield? I don't think they're going to. If, we'll, we'll know by now. If Gar- our listeners will. If Garb Odor is not in the game, oh. I I will throw it out the window. Yes, the garbage one. So you're buying the physical game just so you have the option of throwing it out the window. <laughs> Pokemon you like? Wait, are you guys not buying the physical game? I go all digital, baby. I went I went digital for this too. What? Are yeah. you guys nuts? Yes, I'm a di- I'm a digital demon. I download everything. Yeah, you. Uh, this show is about how often how often we can't play a game from right. the past without actually getting a physical copy. I- I have learned nothing from this show. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. (laughs) No lessons learned. You're contributing to the problem in the future. If If anything, I've regressed. Yeah, if if I have to go outside (laughs) to get the game, it's on my my thing already. Get it delivered. Oh, great. Then somebody has to, I gotta talk to somebody. Wow. (laughs) Hey, speaking of people to talk to, we should introduce our guest. He was just sitting there very patiently. (laughs) Mad at us. Uh, first off, this week's game is Blues Brothers 2000 for the Nintendo 64, based on the movie of the same name. It was developed by a developer named Player One and published by Titus, and due to massive development delays, it didn't release until two years after the film. And our guest is a writer, comedian, and actor from College Humor, and Adam ruins everything. Zach Oyama is here. Hi, Zach. Hello. Hey, Zach. Thanks for having me. Yay. Thank hey, you for being here. Are you a Pokemon player? I, you know, I played uh, Pokemon Blue for okay. sure, and then like random Pokemon games throughout the years. Uh, one time, my dad brought home. Pokemon Yellow, the Japanese version from Japan. Wow! When I was a little kid, and that was the the second Pokemon game so I when played. Right. Pikachu walked Pikachu behind you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it was in all Japanese. And I had just w- was so familiar with the game that I could continue to play it, even though I could not read anything. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't played like this conversation about Sword and Shield is like making me feel like I need to get it. Yeah, uh, it's been a little while since I played one. Yeah. It feels like the, it's just, we're getting, and I know that the Switch has a handheld mode that I will probably play, mostly play Pokemon on, but just the fact that you ha- we have an, a proper Pokemon, a mainline Pokemon on a home console mm-hmm. is pretty momentous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing yeah. we, we thought would never happen. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a Switch. I should just go home after this and pre pre-order it yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It's I, crazy how or close get to a physical re- copy. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I went to the um uh Pokemon store in Tokyo the last time I was there, which mm-hmm. was my first trek to the Pokemon store. I'd been to the one in New York, which I've been there too, yeah. is now not a Pokemon store. Yeah. And uh I went to New York a few weeks ago and and specifically went to the Pokemon store and it doesn't exist and I was really devastated. That store sucks now. Is it a Digimon store? No. Uh, oh god. <laughs> it's a Yu-Gi-Oh store. <laughs> Oh, hey, uh, pretty cool. But yeah. I went to the um, I went to the one in uh, Tokyo, uh-huh. and I was so overwhelmed that I didn't. I think I bought nothing. I I spent like an hour, maybe not- an hour and a half in the store, and I was so like. Like claustrophobic by cap- yeah. like capitalism. I think I went to this store too. Yeah, and uh, like in April, my whole family went. It's like an Ikebukuro, or is that? In, uh, there's it's one like- in Ikebukuro, and then there's one in um, near the uh, train station, the main train okay. station, which is Pokemon Store DX. Okay, and I, that's the one I went to. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. went to a different one, I think, but I had a similar experience of just like this is too much. It's I mean, too it was much. Yeah. Also, s- pretty crowded. It's super crowded. And then by the time I like made up my mind to get something, it was like, dude, I, I can't wait in this line. <laughs> I also went like two days after. New Year's and they had the Fukubukuro bags out, which are these bags that you get of like limited goods that you can only pre-order. Mm-hmm. So there was a oh. line out the block. All It was like really a compressing experience. Wow. Yeah. Pokemon fever is real. <laughs> <laughs> I had a similar experience at the uh, Times Square M&M store. <laughs> <laughs> you, were, you pre-ordered a bunch yeah. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, Zach, you were you were telling me that Wait, you Nick, <laughs> what's your starter M M&M? and <laughs> M? Uh, I like to go uh, pretzel. <laughs> no, it's the green M M&M. and <laughs> M. Yeah, I'm very horny. I go green. Um, speaking of green, Luigi and Luigi's yeah. Mansion Three. This is a game you've been playing, Zach. Yeah, I've me. been playing that for the past like week or so. Uh, it's it's so. Familiar to like I, I played the first one on the you know GameCube. I don't. I honestly don't remember if I played the second one. Mm-hmm. But it's very funny to me that they brought they released it on Halloween, and so now it's this spooky game that is just fully in November. <laughs> uh, but it's 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 so fun, and then like it has like kind of like a co op mode where you right. can be Gooigi uh, and play together. Uh, with a friend and yeah it's just very nostalgic and fun I love the concept of Gooigi I feel like yeah. everyone deserves a coo- a goo counterpart <laughs> he's sort of like uh, like void of intelligence like he like kind of like looks around like, right. like a you know like he's not a real person but it's charming <laughs> cute so he's like a homonucleus or something like a, a homonoculus how do you say that homunculus homunculus? homunculus there it is like he's got like he's just a, a being yeah he's like kind of like stares at nothing uh-huh. and then will slide through like bars and stuff because that's like his like why you use him to solve puzzles and stuff uh <laughs> but it's just fun to like uh to play with a friend or just you know be back in that world yeah now i'm wondering if i'm the goo version of myself <laughs> Sounds like my personality. Uh, you also recently finished Breath of the Wild for Switch. You've been, yeah. been spending some time on the Switch. Wait, what did you think of Breath of the Wild? This is, it's my favorite Zelda game. I, it just, it's such a staggering artistic achievement. Heather, yes. you feel the same way? Yeah, same way. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I, I will say that like it was one of those games that I... I got a switch like a little later, and sure. so like I I really enjoyed playing it. And then like I made the mistake of getting the expansion pack, 
and then like started doing that while trying to do like oh, other yeah. things and got kind of lost in the weeds. And so like, I took like a six month break from it, but had like done everything but beat the final boss. And then I just just went around, I think like three weeks ago and finally beat it. But I do have like some shrines left and some things yeah. like that. Did like the whole like master sword thing. Uh, where you do all those like trials and stuff. That was fun. Uh, but yeah, it's just like a beautiful game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of, do, is there, are we getting a proper sequel? Do, is that yes. going to happen? Yeah. There's a trailer, de- right? That's or, going to happen. Yeah. A proper sequel to a Zelda game uh, that hopefully will live up to the only other sequel, which was Zelda 2. Oh, yes. <laughs> Adventures of Link, where the series peaked. <laughs> I was so hyped for that game. And you were? It, I was, yeah, because I had, you know, like I, I knew there, I had like the Nintendo Power. I think it might have been the first issue of Nintendo Power they had like a preview for it. Or the, mm. wait, the first one was Super Mario Brothers 2 they were previewing. Yeah. Um, but I remember looking at screenshots and thinking like, oh, this will be so awesome. Because mm. if anything, I was probably young and dumb enough where I thought the only thing I didn't like about Zelda was that it wasn't a side scroller, mm. which I didn't even realize like wait though that's not the game wouldn't work as a side scroll to work yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. um so uh uh, you also play some Fortnite, and this is a game that i I haven't even touched because i'm just terrified of being owned by 11 year olds (laughs) yeah i mean even playing it myself that's like all that happens yeah Uh, i like to the point of like playing it less now because i will i've come to terms with the fact that i'll never really be good at it right uh but like it is one of those games that i like kind of embarrassingly watch a lot on Twitch just when I'm not doing anything else. Uh, There's just, no shame in that. No, I don't watch I a don't Twitch think stream. So. I think it's just that like I'm like kind of sucked into like whatever the like competitive aspect of that game Got is. Got it. Where it's like when when I think of like uh, when you think of uh, like Ender's Game or whatever, where it's like these little kids are going to be the the things that like save the future because they're so good at kind of a video game, right? It's like that, but everyone has like the personality of a Vine star, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and so it's like it's just like horrible children that are like have are true computers that can like do like the most like complicated tasks and like it's like they're playing chess while doing like this like super skill based like shooter while like. All, like computing like all these like factors and stuff, but it's just insane to watch. To that's me. that's yeah. a really compelling uh, setting for like a sci-fi novel. <laughs> yeah, would right. be like yeah, sure. a future war where everybody is also trying to be an online star. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess that's a little bit like Starship Troopers. Everybody was a oh, little right. bit like a face, but like that's. That's great. You should write that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll see y'all later. All right. <laughs> Bye, Isaac. Uh, it does. Ha- it does make me think about like you know because with all the JRPGs I've played and how many of those protagonists would just like annoy the shit out of me in real life. Yeah. If I'd had like a conversation with like Squall, I'd be like Jesus Christ, this <laughs> I'd, fucking I'd, guy. I'd hang out with Squall. <laughs> Squall, what's what is your gun? The <laughs> <laughs> sword. Oh. Uh, it's a gun blade. Wait, is it? Whatever. <laughs> Uh, you're both right. Um, so we're, we're talking about a Nintendo 64 game this week. Uh, and uh, this is a, you know, we, we've, we've touched a few Nintendo 64 games on this uh, podcast. It, in fact, won by this very developer, Titus, uh, who's kind of famed for making a lot of licensed dreck. Uh, Zach, I assume this was a game that you played at the time of release, which is why you chose it. Yeah, I think truly when I heard the premise of this podcast, thought of that game. <laughs> uh, but uh I I remember seeing it at Blockbuster and it was like kind of I think it was the age in which like I had just got a DVD player and I think I just got the Blues Brothers movie or something and I was wow. like trying to like collect DVDs or something and then like also liked video games and so when I saw it at the store I like picked up you know the box and like looked at it and I was like oh it's like 
if Mario 64 was Blues Brothers or something like that. And, uh, and <laughs> I guess it has like a awesome. dance, dance revolution. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, uh, and so I assumed just, you know, in good faith, I was like, oh, it's just going to be good. And, uh, <laughs> and then like, I think that Christmas I ended up, I don't know if I bought it from the Blockbuster, but that's where I saw it for the first time. And uh, yeah, it's just one of the first times as a kid I remember playing a game, which was like always just a good time to be playing a video game, to be like, oh, I'm really having a bad time. I'm trying to figure out why. Like, can't be this game's fault. But like, <laughs> yeah, it's just truly abysmal. I, yeah. I like that you saw the box art, which is awful. <laughs> and you were like, this game speaks to me. Uh, like, yeah. there's like a blonde blues brother on the on the front of a the box boy. Like yeah a little boy yeah that's the little kid uh yeah and it's it's one of those things where it's i think they because i don't think the kid himself is blonde it's the same actor from the three ninjas franchise uh and or one of the three ninjas and he's what if he played all three clump style that'd be amazing um <laughs> it's a discussion for another day but i, I think it's one of, i think it, you know it, it's like how in the ghostbusters the real ghostbusters cartoon they made egon blonde just to make his character stand out from the other ones mm-hmm. because you know it, I think it's a similar sort of thing just with these low poly models they made him blonde just to make him stand out from the other Blues Brothers. That's an awfully um, elastic theory that you just gave <laughs> and I think it says a lot about your support and love of this developer. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to give him some credit. Yeah. Titus gets a gets a, a well a, no they get a bad rap on like they should get a bad <laughs> <laughs> make a lot of garbage. Um, so did you did, outside of Blues Brothers 2000 what are some of your N64 favorites before we dig in on this? Well this is definitely my favorite yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I played uh, Ocarina of Time Super Smash Brothers Goldeneye oh, yeah. you know those are all like pretty much all the like right I, I wasn't so into racing games other than like uh, Mario Kart um, what else is there uh, Did you play Perfect Dark? I played Perfect Dark. Yes. Yeah. I lo- you could be, what's the alien's name? Elvis? Yeah, Elvis. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about that the other day. Uh, that that was like, um, the multiplayer in that game was so crazy in that you could do 16 player yeah. with like computers and stuff. Yeah. And it felt like this shouldn't be possible on a Nintendo 64 yeah. to right. have that yeah. many like things going on. At I, once. I love that multiplayer so much. I feel like we've talked about it on this podcast. We before. have a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I love that multiplayer. Oh, and yeah. also I love that perfect dark allowed for dual analog control. If you held two controllers, what? one of the settings in the game itself was you could, you could split the control scheme between two controllers and do dual analog, like, Whoa. like, like future Halo games and all it like yeah. that was the control scheme for yeah. Perfect Dark. That's fucking amazing. It was a very a, a very interesting and compelling game despite running at like twelve FPS. What? No, that's not true. <laughs> um, it was very ambitious. Yeah, it was. It was, it was ambitious. Yeah. It delivered. I'm not opposing Perfect Dark. I'm just saying that it, its frame rate was not its strong You're suit. You're flipping me off right now. <laughs> the audience can't see that. But yeah, uh, one thing I like about the N64 is because its library, especially a library of like AAA titles, was pretty small. It's like, I feel like if, if someone had an N64, they played the same games because sure, there were yeah. only so many that you could actually, you know, enjoy. Is, uh, is Turok considered a AAA or whatever? I think Turok was considered like a good game <laughs> a for good the time. Game? Yeah, right. but... My experience with Turok was that I tried to play it on a TV that was too dark and I rented it and I couldn't get out of the first area because I couldn't understand what was happening. (laughs) 
so Blues Brothers 2000, as we mentioned, uh, another Titus game. Um, 30 is sitting at a 32-100 out of Metacritic on Metacritic right now. Now retails or doesn't retail, but if you if you look at it for it at eBay or something like that, over three hundred dollars for one of these Whoa. cards. It's I guess it's a pretty rare uh, rare game. Maybe they didn't put a lot of copies. Did you see? You mentioned you like the Blues Brothers. You got the DVD. Did you see the movie Blues Brothers 2000? I I think I've seen parts of it, but okay. I, I, I was I think I was excited about this game per the movie and wanting to be like like being a little kid who was like I'm into comedy now you know like <laughs> yeah, right. comedy and uh, maybe yeah because I don't think I had seen 2000 prior to playing it yeah. right mm. I, I mean and it, once you've played the game you have seen it you have seen the movie <laughs> yeah, it's, got, it's pretty one to one just not straight from the source material at all uh, yeah the, the movie directed by famed murderer John Landis um <laughs> Had Dan Aykroyd as Elwood Blues. John Goodman played the... So Jim Belushi, they couldn't get Jim Belushi for it because of his ABC show. So John Goodman ended up playing another character, Mighty Mac McTeer. Joe Morton was Cab Blues, who's featured in the game. And uh, the Three Ninjas kid, uh, J. Evan Bonifant, is his name, is Buster Blues, who you also rescue mm-hmm. in the game. The, the here's, here's one thing I like. The product description on the game box... Explore a prison, graveyard, swamp, and more while solving puzzles and battling enemies. There's four levels. <laughs> it has three of them and then says, and more. Yeah, and the and more is Chicago. It's the city of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's, you know, it, it, it's pretty crazy in terms of all the non-Blues Brothers stuff it incorporates. It's got this exaggerated cartoon aesthetic. I just say, like, as someone coming to this game for the first time who really liked the N64 platformers despite their collect-a-thon elements, which this one has in spades. Yeah. It really, you have really to collect a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> to, pro- to progress, you have to collect basically everything in every stage. Um, but this is like a, it's to me, this is like a shorter, shittier Banjo-Kazooie. It's like yeah. they really seem to crib a lot of elements from yeah. that game. I have a huge theory about this game. Uh-huh. Okay, so your main character runs around a city. Uh-huh. He throws his hat and jumps from rooftop to rooftop and collects coins. I think I know where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. I think there is a outside chance that somebody at Nintendo saw that level and was like, could we make a Mario game where Mario throws his hat and runs around in a city and make wow. it fucking wow. cool? Wow. That's my big theory about this game. Yeah, because the, the city stage, which is Chicago, is kind of new dunk shitty. It's like a <laughs> yeah. really a really bad version of it, but it's It's a very populated, inhabited uh, stage. Yeah, and also you're doing the same mechanics, the exact same right. mechanics, because yeah. they just strip-mined Mario 64's moveset and then added the hat throw. Yeah. They added the fucking hat throw. Mm. I didn't connect the dots before this, but this is a compelling theory. I, I, I would blues his hat as Cappy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this feels very correct. <laughs> it's not even conspiracy. <laughs> I'm just laying out facts here. Um, the uh, yeah, there's a you mentioned cribbing the move set. They've got the Super Mario 64 style stomp, which you you you, you end up using a lot. Uh, the where you jump in the air and then then do a butt stomp. The the there's a boing jump sound effect that oh, is just so yeah. It's just boing. like it's so annoying and you hear it so much. You really 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 sometimes. Sometimes in a game like this, you really come to appreciate that part of the joy of another good game yeah. is just that the sound doesn't bother you every yeah. time you right. use a move. Obnoxious if, sound design can just absolutely ruin something. Also, yeah. if you fall from too high, uh, just like Mario uh, in, drove me crazy. in Odyssey, mm-hmm. you do like you stop being able to like control your fall and then just sort of like free fall and make a terrible sound yeah. of screaming. Yeah, I when think. you fall on your face, it's like wow. Yeah. yeah, and then you get up and you can you can move again. Uh, if you get yeah, and you can also 
get flattened like a cartoon character and sort of float back and forth in the air. Yeah. Um, like you're paper thin. <clears throat> yeah. Here was another thing that I, that you know, and and you mentioned the the dance dance revolution elements. The the, the there was also a PlayStation game Busta Groove that kind of had this sure, sort of thing. Yeah, it was it. it was not a dance pad game, but you just controlled it with a controller. Parappa the rapper. Parappa the rapper, yes. same sort of thing. Yeah. Yes, it, it, it's it's got so many dance offs. Yeah, and for look, I've I've seen Blues Brothers once. I'm familiar with the characters. They're musicians, not dancers, right? Yeah, why wouldn't it just be them playing music? Yeah. Why is it dancing? Why and are they, they do like, I think, sometimes dance in yeah. the movie, but like, it's not a huge element of it. Well, do kids, did kids care about the Blues Brothers? I didn't, as a child, ever want to be or see the Blues Brothers. <laughs> Matt was shaking his head. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see Blues Brothers until I was an adult, and then I like, barely cared about it. I right. was like, this is, I can see why this is like a good movie. Uh, I'm not trying to be like contrarian to the Blues Brothers. The first Blues Brothers is good. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't care about it. I would never think to watch Blues Brothers 2000. Better than Blues Brothers is the Wikipedia and IMDb entries about the making of Blues Brothers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where they talk about like how much of the budget went to Coke. Yeah. And like that Carrie Fisher, that they built a club on set that was a permanent club that they would use to hang out in after they shot. Jesus. So you would like finish your shoot and then everybody would go to the club, which they didn't strike as a set, what? and then just like hang out and drink and do drugs. And they retain this for the video game development? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the this is another thing that, that I ran into in the game that, that drive, drove me crazy. They reuse NPC character models as enemies, like repeatedly <laughs> there's like a character you talk to that will like you'll have a dance off with or that you'll just have a conversation with and then like you'll just you'll also run into them and they'll be fighting you and you'll have to kill them yeah it's I, so strange watching the uh like i didn't make it all the way through this game of mm -hmm. course uh but like I, I played the first level on on an emulator and then like watched the person play through the whole game and when they like talk to the hillbilly and then the next thing you see is a giant hillbilly chasing after them. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same exact guy but he's like you know King Kong size crushing logs and stuff. Right. Yeah almost immediately there's this hillbilly with a gigantic plank that's like shaped like a like an isosceles triangle and then he is you, you do a dance off with him and he's like friendly and then you go outside and then you fight one of those but then like later on to what you're describing it's like that Crash Bandicoot thing where, the ca where you're running towards the camera Camera, and this hillbilly's chasing after you. It's so disorienting. I I, I want to talk about the first level, yeah, which is yeah. the prison level. Yes. Uh, because I have a question, which is how often in a video game are police the bad guys if you are not the bad guy? So like in Grand right. Theft Auto, you're a villain, which is why the cops are the antagonists. But in this game, you're a good person and the cops are bad people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like how often well, does do, that happen? They have they do a lot of work in that little exposition up top where, where he's the, like, yeah. some of us are good, but uh, you know, he's the the evil warden is in yeah. the pockets of people. But then but then you immediately start beating up yeah. all the cops. Right. I almost immediately got killed by a cop who entered from off screen uh 
due to the horrible camera, camera just sucks. beat me to death. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the first day, Julia President, what you were what you were uh, referencing, Heather. So you get you get a postcard that says Elwood, please find and take care of this boy, uh, Buster. That's uh, until I can find him a new home, and that comes from the the sister, one of these uh, sister. I can't read whatever name. I is, can't Maria believe something. you know the story of this game. I had no fucking idea. What I was screen capped it as I was going. Uh, uh, so you get the uh, the battle of the you get this the battle of bands is less than two days. I got to get out of here to put the band back together. So this is the interaction that's great. A a CO, a correction officer, comes up to you and says, Hey, what you're supposed to be released today, but the evil warden plans on keeping you here. <laughs> Calls his boss the evil warden. Uh, not all of us like the warden, though. Good luck. And then he gives you a key to let you escape your own cell. <laughs> yeah. I, the sound, so, okay, a couple of, I want to say a couple of positives. One is the sounds of his feet, I think, are just straight up ripped off of Mario. Mm-hmm. Like it's a tap, 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 mm-hmm. tap, And that's really charming. And then I was also, Superman 64 was so bad that I was like, oh God, this is going to be another one of these fucking games that I can't control at all. Yes. So when like there was any platforming that was like satisfying, I was like, oh, is this game not the worst game I've ever played? <laughs> then the camera kicks in and you're like, oh no, it's the worst fucking game ever. Did anyone get to the lunch lady? Or did oh the yes. Oh, the stomp, the butt yeah. stomp? Yeah. Did your camera bug out? My camera was in the wall yeah. and I couldn't see the entire <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, the, the I would say the the game controls decently, but the camera is such an obstacle. It's like yeah. the thing; it's your main enemy in this game, and it, it is it is really working against you. Um, the the mini boss. So the, before you get to the the cafeteria mini boss, the lunch lady, there's also a nurse mini boss. So he, <laughs> he's like a nurse ratchet type. Fuck that level it's sucked. Fucking insane. There's like a there's a grid on the floor yeah. with like arrows, and you have to like move on to each of those arrows to control. Well, who are you controlling? You're controlling. Your, Other inmates? You're controlling. She says so. There are prisoners yeah. who are out of control, yeah. and you like are straight jacketed. They're like, yeah, yeah they're like, you know, and prisoners so, of an, an insane asylum. So you control them by standing on the floor in different places. I think, yeah, you're you're guiding them towards you because you're you're in a fixed location, but you're you're guiding their pathing towards the nurse. I. And, I only understood what was happening by like reacting to what was yes. happening on the screen, but I have no idea why that was happening. It's it's so confusing. It the makes no makes sense. No sense. Yeah. The mechanic makes no sense. The logic within the game world makes no sense. Yeah. And then when you guide a prisoner to the the, the, the nurse, she grabs because she, she's huge. Yeah. She's like she's like the giant hillbilly. She grabs them, takes out a giant syringe, and then plunges it into them. And then they disappear. <laughs> then they disappear. <laughs> but they also go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she's like euthanizing these men, re- releasing them from their mental prison and their moral coil in one go. And then after you do that to enough prisoners, you fight her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. You help her and then you fight her. Yes. Which also, like, because there's no narrative, can like, th- like nothing tracks. Mm-hmm. No moment goes to the next moment in a sane way. So when she came up to you after you're done, I'm like, oh, we must talk now. And then she's like, punches you. And you're like, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. And that's how every interaction in the entire game works. It's like, thank you so much. Now I'm giant and I'm going to chase you. <laughs> I will say this game definitely heightens in the sense of as you're playing it, you're like, and if you haven't seen the movie and you're playing it, you're like, okay, how close is this following the the narrative of the film? I guess there's maybe a sequence with a weird lunch lady in the game, in the movie, and there's maybe like a, a crazy, a nurse ratchet type who's like a celebrity cameo. But then you get to like the laser gates and you're like, okay, this feels like an artistic liberty. <laughs> 
pretty sure there weren't laser gates um, in the in Blues Brothers 2000, the film that John Goodman was was dodging. Forgive forgive me. We are playing Dan Aykroyd in the game. You're playing Dan Aykroyd's okay. character, Elwood okay. Blues. He has like such pointy. Uh, uh, sideburns. It reminds me of like one of the Turks from Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> they look like they look very anime. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The it, yeah. It's such a low poly bottle. Um, so this is this is a recurring thing in the game. So we talked about the lunch lady. When you get there. Cab, who's one of your band members, is tied up, and Cab says the lunch lady is going to cook him. <laughs> <laughs> this prison is hell. <laughs> I think there's some, again, there's so many different kinds of games also crushed into this game. There's so many, like, mini games. There's, like, yes. platforming, dancing, Firing a gun. There's like all sorts of bullshit thrown into this game. Right. That it feels like it feels like there could have been a great game here. That's what makes it very bizarre. Is like, oh, if I was playing a game with this kind of variety in it, but the controls worked, it would be a real joy to play. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean it's got el- it's got elements that work in better games. Yeah. It, it has, some of those exist in there. Um you, you get you so you get through you fight this warden boss who's literally twice your size. Uh, there's a there's a there's a <laughs> sequence in here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's great. It's it's bananas. Uh, when you leave the, there's a part in this game, in this level where there's like a, you're evading spotlights. But as far as I can tell, it's not like a thing. Like normally when there's a stealth sequence in a game, you get hit by spotlights. Either it's like, oh, you got to go back to the start or like that causes enemies to converge on you. Here, if a spotlight hits you, you just take damage. <laughs> you get hurt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ow, it's too They're bright. really hot. Yeah. <laughs> you can also just like jump over the spotlight on right. the ground. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you get the second stage, Chicago. We talked about this earlier, the, the New Donk uh, City stage. Yeah. I mean, did it remind you of home, Heather? <laughs> it did not. <laughs> Chicago is just one street where everyone hits you. <laughs> I also like, I love it when in like an early game, when you go into a building and the building, so the building has on the outside rendered like small windows to make the texture of the building make sense. And then there is a giant window and that's the one you walk into. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that that shit. So I liked, and I also like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like a, I like a car and a traffic sound. So I didn't mind the, the, the constant car and traffic sound. I did. Again, there was just, and I mentioned this earlier, but there was just, there were so many pedestrians and so many cars. I was kind of like, oh yeah, the N64 hardware could, could do this. Like, yeah. I'm it's sub- more popular than there expected. Is, there are no, there are no landmarks from Chicago in the Chicago level. <laughs> no, zero. Like not even like you could have one building in the background that was just a like a flat drawing of the building, and you'd be like, oh, this is Chicago. But instead, they just use signs that say Chicago that constantly <laughs> remind you that you're in Chicago. Yeah, uh, and then you go in the sewer, right? You go in the sewers where there's massive tentacles coming out of pipes <laughs> and then what, and Matt, giant gators pursuing you. Matt, Matt's, like, blushing. <laughs> it's just very funny to me that this is the game they made that is based off of a movie. This, this, it's like they copied off of someone's wrong homework. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> they, they know what Blues Brothers is. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. It's so crazy to me. I just like every, like even playing it a little bit, I can't believe it. I just can't believe it. Yeah. It's incredible. S- suits and yeah. prison and then whatever we want. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And also that the movie bombed and then this game came out two years later. <laughs> it's like if in 2019 they released a move or a game based on the movie A Cure for Wellness. 
Wait, what? Oh yeah, that came out. <laughs> Dane Dehan in that super a cure for wellness yeah. sixty four. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you go, you go through the sewer. You go into a woman's apartment. You have a dance off. This is again another of these character models is a woman with a purse who you dance against, and then later on you f- or you can fight them in the city. Can they they try to walk with the their purses. Yeah. As well, like I, I was so confused by the mechanics of like it wasn't like a a bar like in most like kind of. Uh, rhythm-based games where it's like once it crosses over this threshold, you right. have to hit A. Mm-hmm. It was just like blinking, and then it would just suddenly be like, you missed. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I didn't, it took me too long to understand how to do it. It's it, almost like if I turn on the lights, you have to hit a button. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea when I'm going to turn on the lights. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no opportunity to anticipate it. It's, it's, it's very strange, and yeah. it's... I mean, it's just it's just a poor implementation of something that works. Uh, a lot of platforming in this level. There's floating clouds you can jump onto. Uh, more mini games. Oh, so the boss of this one is Willie, who I, I guess is a character from the movie. You you go through the roof of the club. You confront Willie. He's entrenched in like a Max Rebo style octagon, and then you fight this guy. This That's is where the bar- the, was this the bartender guy? This is the bartender slash club owner. I okay. think he's got. And um, you you this is where the FPS shooter turret elements are introduced. You're shooting bottles. I think to make lights fall onto him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to knock all the lights onto his head and then whoever is hanging above him. Uh, yeah, this is another another tied up blues brother uh, is uh, is John Goodman's character. Uh, you rescue him. By the way, and this is spoiling the ending a little bit, but your mission is to assemble all the blues yes. brothers to put your band together. There's no payoff for that. It is so funny what you see when you finally see the band. Yeah, it's it's too, not too, the band you put together at all. Where you go for it? Is I, I don't want to spoil it if we're going to talk about other levels. Yeah, but, well, yeah, whatever. It's. A two skeletons and two. <laughs> All you rescue band members the whole game. Yeah, and that's your band. At yeah, the end? yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, the, so the spooky graveyard is the next level. You're again, ca- s- again, not, not that's not a Nick. A nickism. That no. It's the name of the, t- of the it's spooky graveyard. You start Joliet Prison, Chicago, and of course, the spooky graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> Rule of threes. Uh, you were, this is the point where it completely departs from the Blues Brothers franchise. There's, it's just like so, just completely invented at this point. Uh, there's, there's a Zydeco soundtrack to this level that I kind of liked. Oh. Which, which was the, do you know, do you remember what song this was? I didn't identify all the Blues tracks. I, I don't know, but I do know that most of the songs, if not all the songs in the game are licensed. Okay. It's so, crazy. That feels so expensive. Yeah, you yeah. would think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to do a Blues Brothers game, you got to be like, okay, well, it's in the Blues Brothers. Uh, a lot of actual classic music references right. and nods and like appreciation. So we've got to put that in the game. And now we have no money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we got to pay 250k for this bad mini version of a Muddy Waters song. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is your. This is largely a forest environment. There's giant uh, Venus flytrap enemies. There's skeletons. Uh, you can punch through gravestones. This is a there's a great sequence here where I was just like, man, if I like loved the Blues Brothers, if I was say like a, you know, like a 40 something dad and like that was just like my favorite franchise, you know, I like the blues and I just like Dan Aykroyd. And okay, I just, so today yeah, that was me. That's, I'm talking about myself currently. Yeah. <laughs> but like if I if that was me and, and, you know, the 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 late 90s, the mid 90s and I just bought this game. Wait, no, 2000. This game came yeah. out in the year 2000. That yeah. was me in the year 2000. And I, like my I bought this game for myself to play on my kid's system and then I get to a 
level and you go into a tomb as Outwood Blues and you get earth, wind, fire, me, hit in order to set me free. <laughs> and then you go through all this platforming to free a giant phantom jazz man head that you fight. It's like, what the fuck is going on? Do I don't get to drive a car in this game? That's what the Blues Brothers is all about. It's so funny how much it feels like they just kind of ran out of stuff. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know, after Chicago, anything else. (laughs) Well, there's an article from EGM from the uh, early 2000s that uh, a a website called Hardcore Gamer or Hardcore Gaming Blog 101.net. So this article is uh, anonymously published and it is the deconstruction of what went wrong on a game. And this website theorizes and a lot of other people have corroborated that this is about what happened on Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, so it's not even specifically about the game, but the context clues. But yeah, context clues and a couple of like uh, breadcrumbs left by the writer and like a couple of pseudonym like things. It's like, hey, if you really want to do your homework, this is about Blues Brothers. But if you read it at the time, you just like, what what is this about? And I would love to read some of the things that they say happened on the game if we have the time or we can cut it. Uh, One is... Uh, bad game reason number one, licenses that kill, uh, which is that every um, every dollar spent on buying the stuff for the game was money they couldn't spend on the game itself. So that corroborates the like, we spent too much money on the music and also the license of, can you imagine spending millions of dollars? <laughs> Blues Brothers 2000. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the second one is uh, uh, that there was... Um, not enough, not enough money for the uh, for the game that they were into production for a title for Sega Saturn, and then the Sega Saturn collapsed, and so they had a legal dispute that they were fighting while trying to develop Blues Brothers 2000 for a game that they never ever delivered. So they had this pressure right. to deliver Blues Brothers no matter what, oh. because they had just failed to deliver their previous game. There's a huge amount of employee turnover. Uh, the team was inexperienced. Uh, and um, <laughs> the final reason is uh, time is of the essence, which is about that uh, when they miss the Christmas deadline, they were like, well, we have to make up for this in sales. So we have to like spend more time on this game because we missed the release window. And then the the movie comes out on DVD a year later and they're like okay well let's aim for the let's aim for the DVD release maybe it'll become a cult classic again and it doesn't yeah and then they're like okay well we really need to make sure this game is good because nobody's gonna buy it because of the uh the the, the license or right. the name. um I don't know it's a really cool article that's awesome yeah it's really neat we should post that we so should sir yeah Can yeah you imagine this game giving you that much stress, like being your whole life. It's so it's so crazy to imagine that being years of your work. Yeah. I mean, I don't have to imagine it. I lived it. I worked on bad license games. Yeah. And the the we crunched so hard on Fantastic Four, the game. And it was such a like we knew it was gonna be a bad game. We were, you know, trying our best to make it as good as possible, but the same sort of thing, you know, you have to spend you have to spend a bunch of money, you know having Jessica Alba voice act in your movie because she's uh, one of the characters or voice act in your game because she is one of the characters in the film. Um, Not to put it specifically on her, but just like the whole cast ends up 
being expensive. The music ends up being expensive. The license is expensive. And then you will have to meet a deadline to try to get something out. Sorry, I shouldn't be going through this out loud here. Uh, (laughs) That makes sense. It's It's just like, you know you're going to be making something shitty, but you have to work very hard to try to make it as good as possible, but you're hamstrung because you have an absence. There's a lack of resources. Uh, It's tough. But I I worked with, there were some very, very talented people I worked with on some very shitty games. But I counting myself among them. I wasn't very good at it, but there were some incredibly talented artists and programmers I worked with. There's a there, there are no credits on Blues Brothers apparently because like in part because of the issues with the developer wanting to like distance themselves from the publishing of right. the game. Uh there's a coda on this article it just says editor's note. Uh Game X, which is Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers developer has gone out of business and his publisher has been on the verge of shutting down for years. Quote, I hope to God they die soon, says the author. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, anyway, so you go through a, a, you have a dance off with a skeleton and then, <laughs> and then you da- dodge a bunch of guillotines and boulders. Uh, you have a boss fight with a, a tree who has the boy. The, he was kidnapped the boy because he tried to steal his apples. <laughs> it's like, um, it's so. Which also means that child was starving. Yeah. <laughs> this child trying to survive in, in a, a graveyard. graveyard. <laughs> why, did, why did he go there? <laughs> he had to forage for himself. Um, and then the evil tree punishes him. You fight the tree, uh, and then you have to have a dance off with the kid after you, after you rescue him. Um, I mean, it's not. It's framed as like he's showing you a new move, but it is just kind of. Wild progression wise. So after you do the graveyard, the next level, stage four, the swamp, which just feels like more graveyard. The most yeah. broad, feel, like it was like the least thematic feeling. Of yes. It. Yeah. It yeah. just felt like exactly. There are also no swamps anywhere near Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume they went down to the bayou where they're going to have the. Huh? I assume they went down to the bayou. I assume that there's sort of road trip element. They went down to Louisiana. That was the narrative I was giving to the game. No, I heard you. I just said, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, uh, there's a, yeah, the, the stage reminded me very much of Banjo-Kazooie's Bubble Gloop Swamp, which is a, a pretty awesome stage. And uh, it, it is, uh, you know, this is where you have that dance off with a hillbilly. Uh, there's, you knock a honeycomb out of a tree to distract a bear at some point. I don't know what the fuck was going on. It gets so complicated. Uh, you, you go through all this shit. It's just more like weird, just like weird enemies. You're you're beating, you're punching giant spiders. Uh, you have you a dance off with an old Superman. lady. Yeah, you can turn into a Superman. Which um, I don't understand. Yeah. And then you, you reach a big house with a woman in front of it, uh, who I guess is the, a character from the film. And then you go inside and you have the Battle of the Bands, which is a dance-off. Yeah. Or I guess this is the gateway to the Battle of the Bands. Is that what's happening narratively? So. Yeah. There's also not a lot of games where you you can punch women on the street. And oh, this, yes. In this game, you're like, oh, I can just punch women. It's that's really a, strange. That's a Blues Brother trait. You get yeah. whapped with a purse yeah. by like a Ruth Buzzy character and then you punch her in the face. It's yeah. like so violent. Yeah. It really felt like I, I really didn't expect her to slap me as like just like, Right. You're standing on a sidewalk and she just attacks you. Yeah. <laughs> I had to defend myself. <laughs> uh, so after you win the dance off, your reward is you may play for me. Congratulations. And then you get the, again, the, after you've assembled all the blues brothers and collected all the notes, you get the payoff of being Elwood blues, no other blues brothers. And then a bunch of the enemies slash NPCs from the game playing. And this is the song that you get. Oh, wait. This is the cinematic. <laughs> Skeleton on drums, hillbilly on bass. If you've ever seen um, 
showbiz pizza broken down. <laughs> Another on skeleton yeah. on a trumpet. Giant hillbilly on guitar. Or no, he's got the bass. The little hillbilly has guitar. And then the woman who is the gatekeeper for the mansion is playing tambourine. I also like that Jake runs up to the mic and stands silently. (laughs) No, there aren't even subtitles for like Soul Man. I guess he's kind of a piano. So anyway, that's that. That's the end of the that's game. That's the end of the game. <laughs> no credits. No, no credits, no. No no names. Yeah. No nothing. It plays the crude uh, MIDI cover of Soul Man and with a with a skeleton backing band, and then it just goes to black, and that's it. I guess I would probably go to a concert if the main singer was like, I'd see that. I mean, I'd want to see a band with a... Two skeletons, <laughs> a uh, normal-sized hillbilly, and then the largest man in the world, like <laughs> a twelve-foot hillbilly. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bizarre it's a bizarre lore that's constructed for it. It's like adjacent to the franchise, but not at all. It's like kind of playable, but not really. And it's uh, it's truly baffling. One of the more baffling games, not the worst, but one of the more baffling games. I feel like we pl- we've tackled on this podcast. Yeah, I do mm-hmm. like that this game is. It came out two years after the movie. It's called Blues Brothers Two Thousand, but actually released in the year two thousand yeah. because the movie Blues Brothers Two Thousand came out in nineteen ninety eight. So they were just right. They were just right. The game was right. The movie came out too early. Um, anyway, it's time for our review crew. So we'll each say something positive about the game and give it a numerical decimal rating. I will start. I like that this starts with my favorite um, splash screen for a developer, the shitty Titus Fox, the fucking horrible, (laughs) crude, uh, deviant art of uh, Tales from Sonic the Hedgehog that greets you uh, to let you know you're going to be playing a a truly shitty game. Uh, That always tickles me. Um, I'm going to give this game a 2.000 for Blues Brothers 2000. Hey-oh. Go ahead, Heather. All right. uh, There was a sound effect in this game that I loved, uh, which is when you're in the swamp, you have to fire flies. Oh, my God, yes. You have to shoot flies into the mouths of frogs, and the flies make a sound that is this sound. Here we go. Help me! Help me! Help me! Help help me! Every single time. <laughs> At first, I thought they were saying like "yippee," like they like they were enjoying it, but then you realize that they were like in terror. Yeah. They knew they were being flung to their death. Help me! Uh, so I really liked that. Um, is that a reference to a different SNL thing? Hmm. Like I feel like I've heard "help me" before. Maybe, but I don't. Like stick stickly or something like, like yeah, that. Yeah, Mr. Bill. Yeah, hmm. like it was yeah. like Mr. Bill or Toonses or something like some early. I don't know. I would bet against these developers even knowing what SNL was. <laughs> uh, so um, that was my positive. The rest is negative. Uh, I'm going to give this game a um, a nine minus eight for the release year uh, mm. of the original movie. So I'm going to give it a one. Wow. Wow. Mera Baraka. Uh, so the thing about this, <laughs> I, I sort of love the idea that this is based on a movie. It's like what I was saying earlier. Sure. There is 
there was proof of concept. They could have made a Blues Brothers game. They could have like done a driving game. They could have done it could have been anything. But this is what they did. <laughs> it was like as if an alien had heard of the Blues Brothers <laughs> and decided to just fill in the blanks. And I absolutely love that. But I also I love the uh, the enemies in the prison level. They're just the biggest people. They're yeah. so they're so wide. They're I'm looking bulky. at it right here on the screen. They're just so big. No one is that big. They're big people. We all know that. You saw the big hillbilly. Yeah. These guys are so wide and so little at the bottom. It's a very, very amusing image to me. They're mountains of men constructed from about seven polygons apiece. (laughs) It looks like when you stand next to Nick for a photo. (laughs) (laughs) Can I just mention while we're on this topic of of character models, this game has the shittiest looking bats I've ever seen. Oh, (laughs) man. The bats are like two triangles. They look awful. The flies are good, though. Flies are good, yeah. Yep, me. Well, I think the flies were just a bitmap. I don't think they were 3D objects. No, no, yeah. no. Uh, oh, yeah. You can give it the score? Hmm. I'm going to give it... Hmm. I see a three on the screen here where the money is, so I'm going to say three. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty high. All right, Zach. This was a game of your youth. Uh, what is your positive thing and your score for Blues Brothers 2000? Okay. Um, so I played this game when I was a child, and felt so insanely frustrated by it. It was maybe the first time I just dis- like discerned that video video games could be bad. Right. Uh, so playing it again, uh, it was nice to come back to it and and remember a time when I uh, was playing a game as a kid, even if it was horrible. Uh, I I feel like. The story or the level progression is so perfectly wrong, but it just makes me laugh that like you go from Chicago, yeah, Blues Brothers to a graveyard that Spooky. is truly haunted. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is just a perfectly wrong choice that I really enjoy, and you know, culminates with the band that we just talked about being so so wrong that I that it, it brings me joy. Um, and I love. I guess I like the. I think it's kind of. Maybe I'm not sure that it outweighs the idea of having a good game, but it is kind of fun that it has like real songs in it. Right. You know, like the the idea of like these like kind of classic songs. Uh, so I think that's cool. Um, my I guess my final review, though, of it, it's so the camera is so bad and the sound effects are so jarring that it's just such a terrible experience. Just to, every time you jump has this horrible boing. Yes. Uh and like playing the the like specifically that cafeteria beat for me where I was like I can't see anything yeah. I'm behind mm-hmm. this wall, uh, so I think I just can't give it a good score. So I'm gonna have to give it one point nine nine eight. I guess <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Uh, well, hey, those were our thoughts, but maybe we're wrong, Heather. I have never had as much difficulty just trying to find out if I was wrong as I did for this game. It was a challenge. It was hard to find anything that was positive written online about this game. Right. Yeah. Um, But I have a couple-ish. Go for it. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, There's no jokes. Sometimes I read these and there's jokes in them. Yeah. (laughs) There's no jokes, so I'm going to do a voice because I think this is the character of this person. Okay. 
Uh, I thought to a couple of my old favorite Nintendo 64 games, Body Harvest, see my review, and Rampage 2, primarily aimed toward children ages 7 through 12, but don't get me wrong, any adult could easily find some short-lived amusement in playing this video game, in most cases, <laughs> to pass the time. <laughs> Couldn't help but to notice the various puzzles and maze-like areas intact here that are a major part of this adventure. Maybe a bit too cartoonish for some, but most definitely very family friendly written in 2015. <laughs> <laughs> that guy spent $300. On this game. <laughs> um, so uh, similarly, I struggled to find anything positive. The one positive I could find is a scan from the 2000 <laughs> August, 2000 issue of Nintendo power magazine, AKA Nintendo Pravda. Uh, here is their review. Uh, I'll, I'll just hit on a few bullet points here. Graphics. Graphics can be judged several ways by the quality of models, backgrounds, and animations, and by the quality of the player's perspective and the movement of the camera. BB2000 does a good job in the first category and a poor job in the second. Play control. Moving Elwood is easy, but sometimes it's not so easy to see him because of the camera controls. The camera problems don't ruin the game. Wrong. So much as make parts of it more frustrating than they should be. Satisfaction. For young players who enjoy the movie plays, Blue Rush 2000 is a fairly gentle play, although the camera control will cause some problems. Every single bullet point, they mention how bad the camera is. Uh, this is They gave it a, a 6.8, which was them really trying to, to look for something, you know, charitable to, to say about this. But yeah, the, the camera really does, does kill this game. And I think this, even the positive review can't escape that that's surprisingly high I it think. is yeah yeah well i think that was like the lowest review nintendo power ever gave <laughs> john uh, goodman's son i've yeah. got a, a 6.5 here on amazon wow uh this review uh goes like that i think i i think this is a cool guy so i'm gonna read it like a cool guy uh overall not a bad game it has variety to the gameplay not just to beat them up there's puzzles and other competitions it's like playing a gig <laughs> Sadly, some of the downsides make this game a three-star. Camera's not the best, though it's not unbearable, and the music gigs are crappy, unrhythmed, dance-dance-type competitions. Now, in the review, he said three stars, mm -hmm. but then he scores it 6.5 out of 10, but also gives it three stars. <laughs> What? This review is from 2014. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of his logic there. I guess on a 10-point scale of 6.5, if you can't do a quarter star, you'd maybe round down to three out of five. Well, uh -huh. but so it's a, uh, I guess, I don't fucking, I don't know. I'm doing a lot know. of work for this guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so I didn't have any more positive reviews of Blues Brothers the game, but I did have one of the, oh, go on, Heather. Wait, I just noticed that yeah. <laughs> at the bottom of this review, it also says one person found this helpful. <laughs> Uh, that was me. Um, here's a here's an IMDb user review of the critically reviled movie Blues Brothers 2000. 10 out of 10. Great movie. Dan Aykroyd has done it again. He's created another hit. He's done more for the blues than anyone else that I know. Because of him, him is capitalized like God. I love the blues. Dan Aykroyd is a great actor and writer. He deserves an award. This was written by Elwood Blues 30. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd's account, I assume. That person didn't like the blues before Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say Dan Aykroyd wrote my favorite SNL sketch of all time, which is the uh, metric alphabet, uh, also known as the decabet. He, it's, a, it's a straight to camera sketch where he just redoes the alphabet in a base 10 instead of 26. That's is really that, funny. Yeah, it's oh. a great fucking sketch. Um, 
Anyway, it's not a famous one, but I really love the Decabit. Look, I'm a, I'm a I'm a Dan Aykroyd fan. I'm not going to say anything negative about Dan Aykroyd. Even I'm fine with his Crystal Skull vodka. Yeah, Crystal Skull vodka is pretty delicious. Nick, have you had it? <laughs> <laughs> I would say that this is, and this is our buddy Jordan Morris's theory, who was on our Sonic 06 episode, our pilot. Uh, every celebrity booze is good. And it's pretty much true. Mm-hmm. And we have have Dave Matthews wine, have, you know, Sammy Hagar's tequila. They all like do get the job done. Dave Matthews wine is really good. Yeah, I Dreaming have, Tree, yeah. yeah. Coppola's uh Sophia Coppola's rose champagne is pretty good too. Huh? Yeah, there's all there's there's no uh there none of them uh, Casamigos tequila. I feel like they don't take huge swings. They just right. want, they want their name to be enough for people to buy it, and they're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh right. it's time for the question block. All right. Our first question here is from, let's go with, at TV's Kevin Lanigan. At TV's Kevin Lanigan. We all secretly love at least one incredibly rushed game based on a movie. What's yours? Mine is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire for the Game Boy Advance. Mm. Wow. Mm. For the Game Boy Advance. I mean, I think I've said this before, that Bram Stoker's Dracula for Sega CD was not only a game that I owned, but that I spent many, 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 many hours on it. They were digitized uh, sections of the movie, which, you know, as a child, you're like, ooh, I've got like clips from an R-rated film. <laughs> Uh, but also it was a real, it was, everything was filmed and then, uh, rotoscoped. So like the backgrounds were tiny dioramas and the camera would go past the entire diorama. So it was very lush three-dimensional backgrounds. Mm -hmm. The game is terrible. (laughs) It is nearly unplayable, but I mean, it's got, I got a soft spot in my heart for that game. (laughs) I really, so two that come to mind, one is the, and this one might actually be good, I don't know, I don't remember, like I just remember playing it as a kid and, and enjoying it and playing it too much, um, but uh, Roadrunner's Death Valley Rally for Super Nintendo, oh. where you play as Roadrunner, like it had like really good art, and uh, it's weird because you're supposed to, like in the cartoons, I feel like you're supposed to empathize with the coyote, the idea that like the Sisyphean uh, guy keeps trying the same thing and, and, and fails. But you play as the ro- the Roadrunner, of- and like the Roadrunner is not necessarily interesting, so it's kind of weird to control. But I remember liking that game for whatever reason. Um, but there's another game I like because I would go to my dad's office and sit in there while he was – my dad was a college professor, and he would go be teaching a class. And so I'd be sitting in his office, and he had like a computer with some cru- some old computer games. Um, and one of them was the BC game. Do you, do you know the comic strip BC about cavemen? No. I vaguely remember the comic strip i think it's the same one it's a it's a terrible comic strip it's like not good and i guess the i think the guy is like kind of right wing like he made he's he's like written in some like anti-islam like things into it into his strips but you know at the time i just like recognized these kids from the newspaper or these kids i have these characters from the newspaper i was a kid and i played this computer game which i don't even remember how it worked like i think like i didn't even know how to do it i just like that i could bring these characters to life those guys Yeah. yeah Yeah, here's here's a typical one. Stick, droob. No, no, no. Stick, droob. Uh, Sharia law is coming to America. <laughs> it's weird. I guess it wasn't subtle at all. <laughs> yeah, they 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 literally they are cavemen. It's very. Uh, oh, here's one. I've invented the dishwasher. Observe. And then he's just like trying to put something into. I can't. What is it? Good lord, you're doing that all wrong. 
He's what is he putting it in? Oh, I see. This is like a this is a misogynistic thing. Oh. He's invented the dishwasher. It actually is a dishwasher, but a woman is coming in to tell him that oh. he's doing it all wrong mm. because this thing that he's just invented. Oh, my wife is telling me I don't even know how to do it. Yeah. God, Pretty Jesus. formative for you. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> a, <it's> a, <laughs> a form my views on women. You um, are reading that off your own T-shirt. <laughs> um, Zach, do you uh, do you have any any licensed games oh. that you remember enjoying besides Blues Brothers two thousand? I'm trying to. Think I mean, it's a little tough to uh, to come through in my mind. <laughs> uh, I think I, I I feel like I remember a lot of friends had like the Super Nintendo version of a Jurassic Park game, mm. and I had the Sega version. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling like the game was pretty impossible. Like it was just like a tough game, uh, but enjoyed it. I think I played a Men in Black game on on a on. What was it? The, like the Game Boy, like DX or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. Uh, but they were. I think I just like that style of like platformer where you like run around shoot dinosaurs or whatever. I think I remember having fun playing that. The game. Genesis version of Jurassic Park you can play as the Velociraptor. Really? Yeah. Okay. Then yes, I that, that was the one. I yeah, think. and you would like you'd like claw human beings and then you devour them. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. I yes, and then you also do you have like a. a a tranquilizer gun that never runs out. Yes, that's right? when you when you play as Grant. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah, that was the game. And the Sega logo was eaten by a T Rex uh, in that game. I remember the Sega logo being <laughs> eaten by T Rex. Yeah, I don't remember like how this game was received, but I remember liking it a it, lot. I received yeah. it well. I really liked that game. <laughs> <laughs> a bafflingly good game, licensed game, was the X versus Sever Game Boy Advance game. Wow, really? Yeah, it was like actually it was like an FPS that was pretty that was weirdly like playable and fun. Um, uh, what's our what's our next question, Matt? Our next question is from at pantsless Aaron. Uh, what non-action movie do you think could really work as a licensed video game? I got my answer right away. Yeah. Amadeus. I think they should teach, I think it would be <laughs> like rock band, but with mm. a piano keyboard, and it would teach you how to play classical music yeah. as the notes came down. But also, <laughs> there'd be like levels where <laughs> like for challenge, you would like get drunk. So the like l- the notes would like kind of be blurry in between yeah. things and only become clear right before they hit the keyboard. I would love an Amadeus video game. So you're pitching playing as Mozart. Yeah, you play as Mozart. Mm-hmm. You have a keyboard in your house and then you see the notes coming down the screen like Rock Band and you can learn instead of... Instead of Rock Band where you're just pressing like six buttons, you have an actual piano. So you do learn how to play the songs, but there's also an element where the challenge is (laughs) that he's drunk all the time. (laughs) See, I thought you were going to pitch like a stealth game where you're Salieri sort of stalking the perimeter to like spy on Mozart and like steal his compositions. I had a clear idea of what the game was from the (laughs) get-go. Both these games could come out at the same time. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Um, Yeah, boy. (laughs) Salieri would be so pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, a a licensed licensed game that's not an action game. Not an action movie, rather, that would be a game. I'm trying to just think of some of my favorite. You know, I I think like probably something in the Cone Brothers world could be fun is just sort of like an atmospheric Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, like a um, if you if you sort of took the the telltale model and applied it to like a Fargo or something like that, like that could be like a fun sort of, you know, you have some mystery slash detective elements and and just also just a bunch of conversational stuff. 
stuff. Uh, I worked, I did work on the, I, I think I mentioned this before, I worked on the Sopranos game, Road oh. to Respect. <laughs> and that was originally supposed to be that sort of, you know, it was a more of a dialogue driven RPG. And then eventually the, the publisher THQ decided they just wanted Grand Theft Auto with uh, Sopranos characters and the engine we had could not achieve that at all. <laughs> so it ended up being a really bad beat em up with Man. James Gandolfini's voice. <laughs> <laughs> May have been Gandolfini's final performance. <laughs> um, Zach, any, uh, anything come to mind? Uh, I think I'm on a similar uh, track as Heather. Uh, like, uh Whiplash the game. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> You're like, if you if you fuck up on the drums, J.K. Simmons throws a chair at your head. Or something. <laughs> uh, you know, you like don't, mini games where you like don't respect your dad. <laughs> Do you know what would be a really cool? This, maybe this already exists, but like Titanic, the video game. Mm. Oh wow! Which would be like a full 3D, full size replica 3D model of the ship. And you, in real time, it hits the iceberg, and the game is just getting off the ship. Oh, like, yeah. and you start like way down in the in the, and you have no map, no nothing, and like you try and get to a lifeboat uh, before the ship sinks. In real time, would be kind of a. I mean, that's. I, I, it's disrespectful to the dead. <laughs> but, they died so long. But they, they, I mean, it's more than a hundred years. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that would be a really cool game. That would be cool. There was a, I was trying to remember the name of the, the point and click adventure game. And I Googled it while you were talking. Titanic adventure out of time uh, was a, was a, a, was a game that came out in the nineties for PC. <clears throat> but apparently there's another, there's a Titanic game in development right now. Titanic honor and glory. What? It's supposed to have a very <laughs> honor it, and glory. The game, it's, it's yeah. Call of Duty on Titanic. <laughs> Every year or two, a new Titanic game comes out. <laughs> Becomes oddly more militaristic and pro-imperial. Uh, all right, let's take, let's take one more question. Okay, let's see. This one's from at Fizz versus the World. When it comes to movie license games, do you prefer games that weave additional subplots into the movie's narrative, a la the Raimi Spider-Man games, games that act primarily as prequels, a la Rockstar's The Warriors, or games that act as unofficial sequels, like uh, Scarface for PS2? Wow, these are that's a specific question. Yeah. It makes me. It does make me think of the game The Goonies Two, which I what? play the Konami game, and which I think is a. I guess there was a. I, it might have been a Japan only Goonies game, but there was a. The, the Goonies 2 was kind of a, a Metroidvania, uh, and um, it, it was like an adventure game, but then it had some some first-person uh, adventure elements that you'd go into. But I played the shit out of that game for NES, but I think it was a sequel to the events of the movie. And I remember enjoying this, and I remember it being like, oh, it's these characters from this movie that I like. I like that we get to to explore more of their adventures. I, I would prefer, I prefer the Blues Brothers 2000 approach, which is, this is the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but it has nothing to do with the movie. Right. Like, I would I would uh, love to see, uh, I don't know, what's a, name a movie that I might have seen. Iron Man. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen Iron Man. But, like, Iron Man's first level is, like, he builds the suit. And then Iron Man's second level is that he's got to, like, work his way through, like, underground sewers. Yeah. <laughs> and then Iron Man's third level is he's got to race in uh, a car in the Indianapolis. <laughs> I guess there was a racing sequence in Iron, in Iron Man, Man 2. Yeah. 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 Um, I think the game that comes to mind for me is that uh, that Matrix game. <laughs> oh yeah, oh, yeah. Where it was like they had like cutscenes with like the actors and stuff, and then like these like two minor characters were the main characters of the video game. Uh, 
That was I, an expanded world game that took place canonically. Yeah. Yeah. Which was pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Enter the Matrix. I yeah. wonder if they ever did that. Any, anyone has ever done that besides this game. But uh, I will say that part of the, most of the time I was playing it, I was like, kind of wish I was Neo. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, new, the Star Wars games do that's this. What, that's what oh, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah star, like uh, Jedi Fallen Order is going to be an actual thing that happens. Cool. In in the world of Star Wars, and I, so do the comics, I guess. Yeah, I I think the uh, that sort of approach where it it comes to it's ta- we're taking the world that exists, and this is easier with the, with a property like Star Wars or, or Lord of the Rings, but just taking that and expanding it as opposed to recreating the events of this linear narrative. I always like that approach more. Yeah, I'd always rather play as a as a you know. Dash Rendar than than oh, try yeah. to just play through chronologically the events of a movie that I've already seen. Also, I groaned about the Star Wars comics not because I don't like the Star Wars comics. I love the Star Wars comics and I read them religiously. It's just that they're changing events. So, mm-hmm. like in between New Hope and Empire, Luke Skywalker runs into Vader three times Whoa. or maybe four times, and it's like, well, that that really changes like the right. feeling of Empire. It's like these guys know each other. By yeah. that point, it yeah. kind of undercuts it a little bit. Yeah. Plus, they, you know, like because the, they had C three PO's red arm is in, um, you know, uh, the the. the uh, That's our show. This <laughs> 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 will never know. Right? <laughs> uh, Zach Oyama, thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to plug at this time? Uh, I guess I'll plug. I I, uh, I play on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Sakoyama. And then also uh, once a week uh, I play on Dropout Live's Twitch channel. I do this D&D game with... Uh, some friends and it's very fun. What yeah. are you are you are you DMing? Are you are you playing? I'm one of the players in it. It's uh it's so fun. I feel like uh, I I just learned about D and D like the last couple of years and it's the most fun thing to me. Yeah, it is. It's the yeah. best. It's the fucking best. It's yeah. the fucking best. It's like improv in your living room mm. <laughs> with rules and fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. What? I'm laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up with your questions at getplayedpod or getplayedpod at gmail.com. So easy. And Matt, what's next week's game? Uh, next week's game, oh, sir, the Hollywood roast. You know, this game was not great, but there was one redeeming quality, which is like, I really like the song Respect by Aretha Franklin. And they use it as the intro. And if you wouldn't mind, Nick, I'd love to sing it with you. Yeah, let's do it. All right, hit it. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. 